The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> Seeing a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh, yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big mm -hmm. abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just, like, kept going and going. And she goes, what the... Hey guys, welcome back to the Corn Podcast. I'm the great and, and powerful mystery. I'm the uh, Tim, 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 Timid J. <laughs> and welcome to the Wednesday episode. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Monster Truck Rally. Hardin <laughs> County Fair. Oh gosh. Truck pulls. <laughs> All right. I don't know what, what just happened. How can you tell you're from the Midwest? Yeah. Truck pools. Truck pools. Demo uh, Derby, Sunday night. Mudden competitions. Bring your biggest, baddest Jeep. It better have a pair of truck nuts on it. <laughs> exactly. Now, before we get into today's stuff, I just wanted to talk about uh, that we do have the season five. We're planning on redoing the front intro. So please add, uh, if you have any from any season, doesn't matter, from this season, next, last season, whatever. If you have a phrase that we say you want added to the new season intro, I need uh, the timestamp for it, the episode it's in, and so on and so forth. And uh, basically, if we use it, we'll give you a prize. Yep. Uh, how that works, though, is if you're, like, we're only going to give the first person to submit that that phrase. Right, yep. So if you're the third or fourth, you may not get a prize, obviously, you know, for that one. You so, can submit as many as you want. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, the more, people, the merrier. Yeah. So start getting those in, So because it does take some time to get those things rolling. Um, I feel like we had some other front of house stuff for this one. So this is a submitted listener submitted story. So guys, please submit your stories. You have two ways to do it. You can email it at Chris, the corn podcast at gmail.com mm -hmm. uh, for a written submission, or you can use the voicemail service speaker pipe uh, at the, the link below and you call it in. And those are in five minute chunks. So if you run over the five minutes, just call back and say part two at the beginning and part three, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, like we did with Ross a couple weeks ago, which is an awesome episode. Yeah. Anything but else? Uh, I think that pretty well covers it. What clone are you today? What what one? What number's timid? Oh, it's just you know timid Jay. Timid. Uh, oh, I, I'm number. Uh, what's a timid number? Like three thousand four hundred and like thirty two. <sighs> Hiding single. way in the back. Yeah, <laughs> number ninety seven. I'm not all the way at the end of one hundred, but I'm just almost there. But I'm just kind of hiding. No one pays attention to ninety seven. 
Everyone leaves that one alone. All right, so here we go. Um, our just the reasoning. This is from our listener Tom. <laughs> I really thought you were gonna mess it up right then and there. <laughs> I'm a professional. I'm a professional podcaster. Yeah, we. Are. I don't know what messing up okay, even means we'll see anymore. How far you get. Yeah, yes, I couldn't even tell you the last time I've messed up. Oh, I got notes. Oh crap! <laughs> I write down the times. See this. I always, you know, put myself right into a hole, a dig holes that, you know, I don't this even... This is my favorite segment we started doing this season because I get to pick on you for reading all the wrong stuff. <laughs> all right, so this is this is um, sent from a listener, Tom, a Patreon member and a very close uh, friend of the show, very involved in our... Yeah. ...in our... Uh, on our Facebook group and our... He's in our Discord a lot, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay. why I made my hat. That's right. That's awesome. So thank you for submitting this. Okay, so he has um, some stories here. So let's see here. Um, the first one's labeled, and we neither of us have read these. So this is. I just be, read the titles. Yep, same here. So this is going to be our first experience with this. So the first one's titled "Gold Lights, Large Ravens," and this took place June eighteenth and nineteenth of twenty twenty one. The location is Beckler River Road off uh, Washington Highway Two, about a mile past. Oh my gosh. Okay, this town is Skycomish. Skycomish. I hope that's right. Um let's see here. Our camp spot is is on an off road is on a road off Beckler Road, designated NF six five three zero. Does he want you to read that? I don't know. That's I mean he wrote it he wrote it here as like on that thing. Um I think he's just saying this is where uh it, I mean there's nothing really He gave his exact just, campsite number. No, that's just Oh, it's just a designated spot off that Beckler Road. They camp, actual camp. I don't know. Either way, that's where it was. So here we go. Um, Here's the story. My wife and I have been camping in the Washington Cascades regularly since 2013. I am an experienced hunter, and I pride myself at being able to navigate the woods. I normally have an awareness of what is going on in the environment around me, because I have been taught how to best utilize my senses to observe the environment around me. The most recent weird, odd, and unexplainable thing that happened in the Cascades was on June 18th when my wife, our dog, and I drove to Beckler River with our friends. There are a couple drive up, wait, there are a couple drive up and tenting, tent camping plots next to the quick moving river. We chose the first plot in the forest near the river and the off, and off the road. It's a simple place to navigate and ends up being surprisingly safe considering how dense the forest is, how remote it is, and how popular it is. We planned with our friends to drive up separately and pan for gold, as we have had some luck in Beckler before. I had a bear Sasquatch encounter in these woods in the summer of 2016, less than two miles from where we slept. After setting up camp, my friends and I went to, river, went to the river to pan for gold when my wife and dog stayed at the camp. Where we panned looked like it had been recently flooded because we saw broken off trees. And on the stump of one of my friends found, and on a stump, one of my friends found a large flake of gold. Well, that's pretty promising. You're going to go pan for gold in the spot. And hey, there's a flake of gold just sitting right there. I'd say that's probably a pretty good spot to look. All right, back to the story. Um, the gold flake was probably picked up in the flash flood and placed there by the water. When we got back to the camp later that evening, I saw an abnormally large raven. 
I couldn't tell exactly how big it was because it was flying so high up, and the, and the sun had already dropped behind the mountains. The bird circled us for about 15 to 30 seconds before flying off and then stopped once an hour three more times. Wait, and then stopped by once an hour three more times. Gotcha. Okay. Coming by hourly. Or, yes, three times yeah. for the next three hours, yeah. That night after dinner, my friend Ben and I were seeing lights up high in the tree that were fading between a glowing red fire and a soft white with a blue tinge. Say that part again, just for me. Okay. Ben and I were, were seeing lights up high in the tree line that were fading between a glowing fire red and a soft white with a blue tinge. Hmm. So a glowing fire red light and a soft white with a blue tinge. Like going back and forth between them. That's, yes, oh, fading between uh, them, yes. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, that's unique already. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it is. Ben said he was, saw them several times. But I was only able to get a glimpse of them once. There were people camping about 100 yards from us, and they had been playing with flashlights earlier. I thought it was at first them, but the light source was too high to be coming from their camp in the trees. The lights in the sky also looked different than the lights that came from the flashlights because there was no beam, and the lights weren't moving like before. After freaking out about this, we went to bed. My wife and the dog... In one tent, both of my friends in another, and me in my hammock above my lady. Me, wait, wait. He wrote, and me in my hammock above my lady love and Harry Bud. <laughs> so his wife and his dog, <laughs> lady love and Harry Bud. I love that. It's funny. Unless it's the same person, <laughs> I wouldn't put that out. <laughs> the next morning, when we got up, we packed and left early. As we were driving out, we reached the country-paved road about five miles or so before the highway, and I saw what looked like the same giant black raven. I started to slow down so he had time to move because I thought he was only 100 yards away. Nope. I had to have, I had to have been about 300 yards away because when I saw the raven open its wings, it stretched out from one side of the paved road to the center line. Ooh. I told my wife to look, and she saw it once. It was off the ground. I could make out its eyes and the subtle blue and white variations on its feathers. One thing that stood out to me was the size of its beak. It wasn't abnormally sized to its body. I could see that its beak was larger than an eagle's. I've seen eagles closer to me than this raven was, and they looked much smaller. This thing was massive. The image I am including is a sketch my wife did based on the clearest memory I have of this thing. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get any images, just so you know. Oh, okay, gotcha. In the drawing, it says the raven had its left wing completely unfolded, was halfway through with getting the other wing unfolded. And that's the end of the story. So, I think I know what Tom's seen. I was just going to ask you, with that description, I mean, it was pretty descript on it. It's, do, what do you think first? I don't know, like, as far as what he's seen. I mean, this... So, uh, do you connect in, with... Because we've talked about this with phenomena in the past. Mm-hmm. Is sometimes you can have a phenomena, different phenomena happening at the same time, and they're not related, and sometimes they are. Yeah. What do you think about the lights and this giant bird? Hmm. I almost want to say they're probably not related. Hmm. I just think uh, they just happen to have like pretty weird experiences in this in these uh, forests, or I guess, or woods, or, you know, on the way to the river, and that because I've gone down some of those uh, 
dirt trail roads, you know, that kind of take you to campsites and there's nothing there. There's trees on both, excuse me, on both sides. You know, if some weird stuff could happen, I guess. But I, I think in my mind, they're probably, I would say they're probably unrelated, but some pretty too wild phenomena and I back to so back. The alien abduction phenomena or the alien visitation phenomena mm-hmm. often associates birds in this visiting of birds. When we did our owls and the UFOs. That is episode, true. Yeah. Remember the owls are always inside the road. They literally did the same thing with blocking the road or flying across the road. That's right. I kind of forgot about and that. And with lights being seen and then going back and regressing later and realizing they were abducted. So Tom, mm. there you go. That could be that. That's not why I think happened here. Mm. A really cool thing that I don't think I've ever shared on the podcast is that a lot of the Western tribes and even the Midwest tribes and some of the Algonquins and Northern tribes, when they're Thunderbird legends, yeah, we often associate it with condors and vultures, the big soarers. Okay. That is not what every tribe associates them with. Okay. Most tribes, or not most, a lot of tribes associate them with ravens and crows. Interesting. Okay. So a lot of the older Thunderbird legends are actually of a giant raven. That brings lights with it, ah, and that connects to the North or the uh, the Norse mythology as well. Is that Odin is often represented by giant ravens with electrical powers or lights? So did Tom see Odin? No, I think Tom's seen a Thunderbird. Hmm, I really do. I it sounds very Thunderbirdy to me because if you look at the Thunderbird scene in West Virginia, there are really good videos of them. Yeah. Uh, it's just a giant black bird soaring the trees, and it lands next to turkey vultures. And it's not a condor. I don't care what anybody says. It's not a condor. It's But it is a huge bird, condor yeah. size. Yeah. And I wonder if there's a giant raven species out there that's very— Ravens, crows, incredibly intelligent. Smarter very, than parrots. Very. Uh, there's a lot of scientists that—it's uh, kind of a, another meme or joke that says that it's going to be between octopus and ravens for who it takes over next. It could very well be. And uh, even the SVP Foundation, which is like an online forum for stories, that's their storyline, too, hmm. is that it's octopus and ravens are fighting on Earth right now, trying to pick who gets to be next. When are they going to make that movie? Like that's. I mean, we've had Sharknado at 8. When yeah. are we going to have octopus I, I really versus think ravens? he's seen a Thunderbird, a true Thunderbird. Yeah. I don't think they're... So I think in modern society, we assume, at least in modern cryptozoology, we assume that the Thunderbird is a condor. Okay. Because it biologically makes sense for some of the stories. And sure, condors are massive, they're rare. Even before they were endangered, they're not common birds. Right. And they're humongous, and they carry prey, not prey, they carry carcasses back to their dens. They inspired some dragon legends. We think that the the Paya bird was probably a condor nest. Mm. They inspired because it was full of human bones and elk and you know all these giant animal bones. Yeah. And it's probably just a big bird that would carry parts of carcasses home. Yeah, it's probably like a scavenger, even. Mm-hmm. Just pick them up, take them all. Oh, it was a scavenger. Condors are scavengers. Okay. California condors are scavengers. They're just big buzzards, big. essentially. Yeah. Uh, but, the, you know, they, they wouldn't break a carcass down where they were at. They'd just take it back. Right, yeah. And there are there. these legends of the Thunderbirds being ravens. Never heard that before. And they're ancient. They're old. Yeah. They're old, old. And it connects with some North mythology as well. I think that's what he's seen, and the lights could be connected. Hmm. What? I mean, you definitely made the connections 
And it could even be interdimensional, and that could be what he was seeing. Mm, yeah. True. Now, here's the weird thing with the colors. And I, I'm not a great UFOlogist, uh, but I've never personally can't recall any of the lights going from the orange red there to blue white. Yeah. Gl- uh, between a, fading between a glowing red fire and a soft white with a blue tinge. So, red to soft white and blue. I've never heard that. I've heard it blue and back to white. And forth. I've heard orange to red. It's normally in the same side of the color wheel. Yeah, yeah. But they are changing color. This is a pretty dramatic change. Mm-hmm. And we would talk about portals with some of these giant animals, like the giant canines, and maybe even these giant birds, that they are uh, we're sharing a biosphere with another reality, mm-hmm. to where we have similar animals. We have animals that fit from the same family tree a long time ago, and they just happen to be, for their world, giants. Right, yeah. But when we look at megafauna, like teratorns, which are the largest birds to ever exist. Their whole family are supposedly extinct. We know very little about them. Like Argentavis was a teratorn. It wasn't a raptor. Okay. Very different bird. Okay. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It very Argentavis probably looked more like a crow than it did uh, a hawk or an eagle. So when you see them portrayed today, they're very eagle-like, like giant eagles. Mm, okay. They actually most likely had the long, straight bill. Uh, it, I... I really think he's seen a Thunderbird. That's pretty awesome. Before we move on with his next encounter, we're going to go to our ad break. All right, hopefully I hit the right button. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, and we're back. We're back, and this will be Tom's second experience yep. that he shared with us. So this one happened at the end of August 29th in 2015. So eight years ago now, by the time of this recording. All right. Tom starts off with, I went to a trail off Old Highway 2 with Palmer, a four-year-old chocolate lab, and Leo, a one-and-a-half-year-old King Shepherd. I have a dog named Leo. It's pretty awesome. Is that the one that bites? No, that's uh, gut. Gus. Gus, Gus bites constantly. Only certain people, it's weird. He bites me all the time. I don't know what it is. It's not when I'm looking. It's yeah, like he it waits. sneaks up and gets your like, calves. I almost kicked him the one time because I had a reaction. I just don't know why he does it. It doesn't hurt, Yeah, but it's shocking when there's a dog like biting on your ankle. You're like one of three people who'll do it to. Everyone else, he's completely fine. And non-provoked, he just does Runs it. up. No, he runs up and bites me. And then runs away. I almost fell on your guys' basement stairs Yeah, because he ran down the stairs to bite me in the back of the leg. <laughs> That that would be Gus, not Leo. Leo's the good one. Leo's the the lazy one. <laughs> All right, so here we go. So they were both very well-trained uh, dogs. Leo was a good problem solver, and Palmer was just a good boy. <laughs> but admittedly, a bull in a china shop. I found this trail in the camp spot by looking on a detailed map from REI. Do you know what REI is? Mm-mm. I don't know either. I'm guessing like probably recreational something. Maybe you can look it up. And I'm looking it up. And you see what REI is. Oops. I was going to make a camp about five miles up from the trailhead. The elevation was about 
2,000 feet up. 2,000 foot elevation. Recreational Equipment Incorporated. Aha, that's what REI is. Okay. Okay, so we're going to make a camp five miles ahead from the trailhead. The elevation was 2,000 foot elevation gain. Within the first half mile or so, there was a wide tributary, fast stream. The bridge was a felled log with a rudimentary railing raised about six feet above the water. My dogs outright refused to cross the bridge. Palmer eventually would cross, but Leo had to be left on the other side. Leo wouldn't cross. I had to force him to cross by jumping boulder to boulder. There was a point where he even made me pick up his giant 100-plus pound furball of a body to jump from one point to another. (laughs) Oh, man. The entire process with the dogs took about 15 minutes to cross the water. It wasn't mean, but the dogs definitely didn't want to cross. They were very obedient, but they didn't want to cross. I probably wasn't listening to their common doggy senses. Palmer was looking at me like I was dumb for endangering myself. I had a moment with that with my dog, too, and you know that story. When I went sucked through that culvert, my dog was just looking at me like I was an idiot. He was right. Okay. I took a moment to calibrate, drink water, and make the second dumbest mistake of my entire hike. I put my headphones in for the entire rest of the hike up. I couldn't hear anything. Just pay attention to my map and my dogs. My ironic intention was to trust the judgment of the dogs on the other side of me. So he didn't trust them at first, but now he's going to trust them. That is pretty funny. Ironic because I had already forced their judgment this far. (laughs) Exactly. Neither left my side for a second. They were clearly aware of my poor judgment, (laughs) put all of us here, and were seriously concerned by the choices I was making. What I will say, the entire way up, I felt on edge. I would catch my dog suddenly paying attention to random things to the left of the to the side of the trail, off in the woods. I wrote it off as just they were seeing rodents at the worst, and at this point, I didn't put any credency in the supernatural my genius decided bigfoot and the pnw woods were somehow mutually exclusive i thought all bigfoot sightings were mistaken identification of bears i was packing i had my dogs i wasn't worried about god himself raining down fury i was barely 19 i took about four hours to get to our camp spot i wasn't paying attention to anything but the music and my dogs behaving within relatively normal parameters when we got there it was on the other it was on the inside of the bend in the river there was a fallen tree over the bend and lots of heavy brush to the point of being unable to see the bank on the other side we took about 30 minutes to set up camp the dogs relaxing and recuperating i set my hammock up and let off let leo off the leash genius proven again our genius move again. Five minutes pass, and all of a sudden, Leo is missing, and Palmer is freaking out, growling at something on the other side of the bank. And he's wrote, written here, wife transcriber note, I literally had never heard Palmer growl once in my life, and in the time I knew him. He had a very scary bark, but if an intruder made eye contact, he would wander. He would wonder when the treats would start coming. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. <laughs> so he's a pretty loving dog. So I started screaming for Leo, who came back about three minutes later, despite my freakout and Palmer's mitigation. I couldn't hear anything, but Palmer and Leo seemed to come back. Okay, hold on. I almost said 
there's a foul language word here, so I... Okay, so let me reread this. I couldn't hear anything, but Palmer and Leo seemed to come back out of nowhere, spooked me, and spooked Palmer. Um, I ch chalked it all up to Palmer getting spooked for nothing, but I was definitely getting spooked. The real weird stuff started when I started to go off for a swim in the river to cool off. Out of nowhere, wasps started to come out. <laughs> Sounds like a nightmare. I'd been in the water already. The dogs had been too. But this time, out of nowhere, wasps were all I could see. I ran out, went back to the campsite that was about 30 feet away, and the wasps were gonzo. <laughs> I'm assuming like bad. Oh, no, gonzo. They were gone. gone. Okay. That makes more sense. Gonzo. It's just funny he wrote that. About 30 minutes later, Leo, who was finally intelligently tied up, started growling at the bank across the river. His ears were pinned down and hackles up, like he was very mad and very scared. Palmer immediately followed suit. Then I looked, and I saw a black mass of matted fur and a six-by-nine-foot opening in the brush. Or, sorry, six-by-nine-inch opening in the brush. Uh, my, uh, my dumb self thought black bear. So I started screaming at it to go away. Then it thrashed, ran away, and then complete silence followed. I figured black bear again, panic packed all my stuff up in about two minutes and booked it back down the trail with my dogs. I got to the campsite around 4 PM, but we ran down at about 7:45 PM. The trail followed a valley around a mountain and was very dark, very quick. After about 10 minutes of running, it was twilight, but very dark in the valley. All I could hear was our footsteps and the river. The entire run, I was praying to God in heaven not to let the bear get us, and the dogs wouldn't let me stop for the love of God. Every time I started to slow, Leo would push into my legs so I, wouldn't, so I would not stop. Recognizing the landmarks, I realized I was almost at the bridge. And I was praying that we wouldn't relive the fiasco of trying to get the dogs across the bridge in the first place. When we got there, Leo booked it straight across the bridge like he had made the dang thing himself. <laughs> and Palmer followed me like a daddy dog, making sure I wasn't wasting any time messing around on river rocks. We got to the other side and suddenly the dogs stopped caring about anything at all. We all took a breather after over an hour of running in the dark. Dogs just chilled. They knew there was nothing to worry about anymore. I took a leisurely, uneventful, relaxing walk back to the car and drove home without issue. I can't even remember where the trailhead is anymore. That's the end of that story. Interesting. Uh, it's it always adds to a story when uh, dogs the way dogs oh, so, react. So let's let's talk about the wasp first. That's weird. Uh, I have a theory. Yeah. So the recently downed trees from the flood, all that stuff, and across the riverbank. Yeah. Uh, what if there was a big wasp colony in one of those trees that survived being washed down? Okay. And now it's stuck there. Okay. And so when he got into the river, he invaded their territory of an already stressed hive. Yeah. And that's why they were attacking. Oh, that And then once well he be. got out, they went back. Yeah, once he got out of the range that's or something. That's my natural explanation yeah. for that. But I don't know. Yeah, you never— Otherwise, I mean, it's just absolutely terrifying. Well, yeah. yeah and you never know with wasps because they're— uh, a-holes. Uh, I was going to say that, yeah. So jerks to begin with. So, yeah, if you get it near a wash nest, yeah, they're going to kind of swarm you. Uh, but I think it's yellow jackets. That a lot of entomologists said they could just disappear and everything would be okay. It would be wonderful. I would not be upset at all. Like, I'm not scared of mud daubers or even bald-faced hornets and stuff. 
Like you get stung by bald faced hornets, it sucks, but you gotta work. Like you gotta do something. Not sure. I'm not sure what either of those are, but having the word hornet behind it makes makes me not like them. Well, I mean, there's yellow jackets, which are the ones that'll just come at you to sting you. The common guys we have around here. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Can't stand them. The ones that are always hover around the popcorn tent at the festival uptown. Yeah. The caramel popcorn tent swarmed with those yellow jackets. So, uh, I don't know. This made me think of that. Do you ever see that excavator? That, like literally this hornet hive yes. is like five foot tall. <laughs> yes. So everybody at home, this guy gets in his excavator because his hornet hives in the middle of his field. It's over a tree stump. Yeah. And it's literally like five foot tall, this hornet hive is. He's got his big arm boom well, out yeah, there. He puts the scooper. His, he puts the scooper right into it, picks it up, and throws it. And he's like, all right, I'm going to leave now. And as he starts leaving, you can just see like a cloud of hornets like around it. Excavators aren't air like airtight not even close no so they start getting in all these nooks and crannies wait first first you see all the glass like getting no it's covered it's It's, like black outside yeah it's glass is swarmed and then it's like and then they start getting in and he's and you can hear his voice he's just like the first "Ah, well the first one stings like ah oh crap (laughs) and And then he gets out and starts running (laughs) i mean you see he's filming the whole thing on camera like this is awesome watch me destroy this nest ever i ever seen was luke my brother we were in cade's cove and we were walking through a field and he put his foot through one. Oh no brown hornet hive yeah and instantly we were covered in a cloud oh no you get all stung up oh luke was like look like a pincushion he's lucky he didn't die uh luke actually would go and after that like as a kid he'd knock hives down and get stung all over and just didn't care didn't bother him yeah really that's pretty interesting. But he's also getting giant needles put in his legs like every other week. Oh, okay. okay. So he was really pain tolerant. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. Uh, Man. But so that's a weird thing. And it's something. So this is one of those stories that I think a lot of people have as in encounters types mm-hmm. to where a lot of odd stuff happens, but nothing you can definitively point at. Like as right. he titles it. Yeah. You know, bear or Bigfoot. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, that's the next one. Oh, that's the next that's one. That's the next one. This isn't even that one. Yeah. So this is an interesting one. I don't yeah. know. What do you think about this encounter? I mean, it does seem very... Uh, the hornets are the weirdest part for me. That's the weirdest Inco- part? Incon- incongruence. With the dogs being weird? Yeah. Because well, mountain lions, bears. Oh, yeah. They'll be on edge. As he said, they're not the probably the brightest dogs. Right. But, yeah, it just sounds like your goofy, fun-loving family dogs. Yeah. At- I mean, labs and retrievers and that kind of stuff aren't known for being the best protectors. All right. Or the most intelligent. Like, yeah, they're just they're family pets. Yeah. They're good dogs, but... You know, it's not a German Shepherd. Right, yeah. They don't t- perform their tasks. Yeah, like, a German Shepherd would be out in that woods chasing whatever it was. Life or, or death. Or Red Healer. Yeah. If it was a Bigfoot, the Red Healer would kill the Bigfoot and drag it back out. Gosh. I've witnessed it. Yeah, oh yeah, I bet you have. Within minutes. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's, I'm sure that's how it would go. Yeah, at least it didn't back down. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, there's that. But uh, this reminds me of this, uh, literally like a couple weeks ago, a video of a family in Florida with a panther. Mm-hmm. They're walking on this trail in the Everglades. And the mom's taking a picture of the family and hears a noise. Literally, she is two foot from a panther. Yeah. It's just like his, like, it's all defensive. And he pretty much walked on top of it. Mm. She's like, and she just looks at her family and is like, keep walking. And then they all freak out because it comes on the trail. Oh, gosh. Screw that. So they got two little kids, like a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Yeah, screw that. Oh, man. That's when you're I could beat a Florida like... panther. You could what? I could beat a Florida panther. What did you do, fall on it? Well, I mean, they're very small. Like the Florida mammals are very small. Yeah, uh, he's getting a good headlock. The north, the northern mountain lions. I don't think I could beat because they get like pretty big. Yeah, they get big. Pretty big. You ever seen the video of that woman 
like walking on the street. It looks like a big cat. And like I don't know if it's, but she just picks it up. It's a lion. And she just starts carrying it down the street. That's a lion. And it's like trying to do stuff, but it can't reach her. And she's just. Yeah, it's and a Muslim she, woman. And then she throws it at the end. And it just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was uh, got out of her house. Oh, my. Her husband's pet. It was a pet? Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes more it's sense. It's still a lion. I know, but it's still. It's like a 200 pound lion she's yeah. dragging back. And she's just like. Uh... That's why it's not gutting her. Right. I mean, it was like swinging, but it wasn't like. Anyway, getting... Keep in mind, it's a 200 pound lion. Yeah. It wanted to kill you, it would have. Yeah, true. It was more like pouting. Yeah, it was, it was showing a hissy fit. Do you want to save the next one for another episode? Yeah, I think so, because the next one's a Bigfoot. All right, so we'll save it. Or, but what do you? But what's your thoughts on this story? This one, I think, even has some Bigfoot qualities. I think too. it is very Bigfooty. Because but it's, I mean, so if you go to like Scandinavian trolls, mm-hmm. they're famous for throwing beehives at people. Oh, so that's kind of what it also made me think of. Ah, so could maybe troll territory even? No, I think Bigfoot. Bigfoot or just supernatural, some some cryptic like... uh, Baba Yaga is supposed to be followed by flies. Mm, Oh, interesting. And what are flies but ants of the sky? And what are ants but wasp of the ground? They aren't. Aren't aren't wasps in the ant family? Yeah. My thoughts. (laughs) Excuse me. Hiccups. Door bees. I think bees stepped off way earlier. Mm, That's why they're fuzzy. But there's velvet ants too. That's true. Which are fuzzy. And velvet worms. Uh, different. Very different. I know. I just like velvet. Mm. But I don't know. I, th- I think this is kind of has some Bigfoot qualities to it, you know, with just black that, matted fur. That black matted fur, the uneasy just feeling of sense, like the sense of just feeling that, knowing your dogs are off and just feeling it the whole time, having to carry your dog across that bridge when it's like, mm, you know, I don't want to do it. Like making physically making you pick him up and carry him. That's but kind it's also of a, a lab. Yeah, I know, but still, like, that's a big step where it's just like, nope, done here. I'm done. And Remember, then Emily's mom and dad's lab won't go outside to go to the bathroom, but it'll sit by the back door. And once, like, you have to, like, carry it outside. And then I'll go, well, yeah, I guess. But I mean, it just sounds like these I'm dogs are, are used to going on trails or, you know, traveling with him and but stuff like that. But it could just be a black bear or a mountain lion. I'm playing devil's advocate. Oh, yeah, I know. There's not a lot seen. It's. Yeah. The, the wasp is the weirdest thing to me, incongruence with it. Yeah. Uh, I think the weirdest. Like you said, it could just be a black bear. The weirdest thing to me it was once they crossed that bridge on the way back, and it just stopped. Mm-hmm. Like it almost across sk- the territory. Yes, and I think we have that like with a lot of Bigfoot stories mm-hmm. and things. With a black bear, I'd almost feel like it would, if it was pursuing you, and they still felt that sense of dread, like it was pursuing them. The dogs are like, move, move, move. I don't think they would just stop the moment they crossed that bridge, you know, because I don't think that would deter a a bear at all. Just a little bit of water. I don't think it would just deter a bear. Matter is black bear or, or grizzly. He thinks it's black. Yeah. Would that still deter a black bear? I mean, they're not the biggest bears. They're not like... Right, yeah. And they're not the ones that are going to pursue you. Yeah. But it just felt like they were being pursued, you know, or at least walked out, you know, at least having that, like that Bigfoot story of, you know, them escorting you out until mm-hmm. you, once you're out of their territory, then it's like, all right, you're safe there. And like relieving that sense of dread, you know, I kind of been I'm using... I'm just playing like, devil's advocate. Oh, yeah. That's just like what it's throwing up flags to me. Like it has those elements to those stories all right so you guys will have to tune back in next week for the continuations of tom's story all right guys bye, bye. thank you for listening to crypts of the corn podcast please share with a friend you think would like us it's the best way to help our show grow leave a comment rate us a five-star review and remember there's always extra content on patreon slash crypts of the corn.com and don't forget stay magical
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.